episode. This is your host, Jenny Morrow, and today I'm recording from the big island of Hawaii. And I'm recording not from my great mic. I'm actually recording with my iPhone today. I'm out and about, and so the sound might not be quite as smooth and clear as it is when I've got my great Blue Yeti microphone. But I'm really, really excited to connect with everyone. Bryce and I have been here now almost a month. We're heading back to the States tomorrow, and it has been an incredible trip for remembering what it's like to feel more of a work-play-life balance. So if I've learned anything on this trip that I feel really excited to bring home with me, it's just the reminder that you know we have time to work and play. We have time to connect with our loved ones and time for ourselves. And it's so much about perception. It's so much about organization. Here it's really easy. It's easy to get out. It's easy to make time for a quick snorkel or a quick walk. And, um, you know, when I say quick, whatever that means, an hour, even an hour and a half, or even two hours. But really, how do we make time for everything that matters to us day to day? So being here, it's felt a little bit more simple. It's felt a little bit more easy. And I feel really excited to take what I'm learning here back home, integrate it into my life, and remember how important it is for me to make sure that every day I'm getting out, I'm moving my body, and I've actually been doing a lot of research on health since I've been here. It's kind of been my passion during my downtime has been to study health and nutrition, really more specifically diets. So I've been looking at um, all different kinds of perspectives around eating from paleo to keto to vegan to vegetarian to whole foods plant-based. And I've tried so many different ways of eating throughout my life and I find it fascinating. But also it's been really, really interesting to be studying the research and learning from those who that's their full-time gig is just to read the studies and gather information. So I found myself really kind of, in some ways, lightening up in terms of my opinion because there are so many different pieces to the puzzle, but also starting to feel more dialed in as far as how I want to be treating my body with nutrition, but also with exercise when I return home. So I'm feeling excited about all of that. It's been an incredible trip. It's been so fun to connect with some of you from so far away. Bryce and I have been seeing our clients. We've been doing our relationship mastery group coaching calls. And it's just been really fun to to be here and work and connect with all of you. So it's been very grounding for me to be here and play, but still continue connecting with clients and doing the work I love. So today I'm going to be talking about not any of that. Today I'm going to actually be talking about what happens when you're feeling the feelings of depression. And specifically in a relationship, what does that mean? What's the point of depression? What can depression tell you? And so today we're going to be talking about the experience of depression, especially in regards to our relationship with ourselves and our relationship with other people. Now, just a quick caveat here, quick note. I'm really speaking here from the perspective of a relationship coach. And even though I have experience in the therapeutic area, I am not doing any diagnosing here. I'm not talking about a medical clinical issue with depression, though you may still find some of these ideas helpful. But, you know, as always, if you're concerned about anything medically, please go get the support that you need. And 
you can use these ideas in conjunction with that, but this is not to replace anything that you might need medically. And again, what I would say is do your research because depression, um, you know, there's a lot of different perspectives around depression and diagnosing and pharmaceuticals is one way that can really benefit people. And it's also just one perspective. So there's a lot of different ways to get tested biochemically to check where levels are, including the blood, the hormone levels, all kinds of things that can be tested and different ways to approach the results that you might get from those kinds of things. So working this stuff out can be tricky, especially if it's a chronic clinical kind of issue. Today I'm going to be talking more about what do you do when you have feelings of depression? What do you do when you're just feeling kind of flat? What do you do when you're feeling blue? What do you do when you're feeling low? What does that even mean? So since being on this trip, one of the things I've noticed is there are times where I feel anxious. There's times I feel angry. There's times I feel sad. There's times I feel afraid. There's times I feel blue, flat, numb, depressed. So what I love to do is when these experiences come up is to sit with them. You know, Bryce and I work with all of our clients on our four-step process, and we give tons and tons of information about how to walk through those four steps. And we go over and over those four steps with all of the access points of intimacy because it's really, until you can really sit with what's happening in the moment, it becomes really difficult to resolve it. You can bypass it, you can distract yourself from it, and in our experience, it tends to come back. So what we're really looking to do here is when you are ready to actually sit with something and say, okay, what is this about for me? The first step's always going to be getting present. It's going to be getting into the experience of the moment exactly as it is without fixing it, changing it, trying to bypass from it, trying to distract from it trying to pretend it doesn't exist, trying to, quote, just think positively. So again, while all of these strategies can have their place, really, I think, in my perspective, the most, the greatest chance chance that transformation comes when we start exactly where we are. So today we're going to be talking about what do you do when you're feeling the experience of depression? Now, one thing I've had a big passion for throughout my career is identifying each of the emotional experiences that we have and then identifying a valid, reliable way to describe the purpose of those emotions. Because what can happen is when we feel different emotional states or experiences, a lot of times there's a story attached to that emotional experience. And what happens for a lot of us is we believe the story, right? So we might feel fear and the story is, I am unsafe. And then we just believe that story. We believe that that's what the fear is there to tell us that we're actually unsafe. Or we might feel ashamed and we believe that the story, and the story might be, um, you know, I'm flawed in some way. I'm not worthy of what I really want in this life. I really can't have what I really want. And so we tend to believe that that's what the shame is actually telling us. We tend to buy into the story underneath the emotional experience, not knowing that emotions do have a purpose. They are always a feedback loop about something, but it's not usually the story underneath the emotion that is the message of the emotion itself. 
The same is true with depression. Depression is a really interesting one. If you sit with depression, you'll often find that the story underneath the depression has something to do with usually not being able to get what we really want. I find underneath depression is usually some level of shame. If you were to go deeper, like, um, yeah, who I am is not, I'm not capable of getting what I want. I don't deserve to ask for what I want. We may have stories about ourselves and why, why we're unworthy to ask for what we want. And so there's just kind of this flattening out that happens. Now, the flattening out is a pressing down of energy. So depression is a depression. It's a pressing down of our life force energy, which basically is just an expression of desire. So when I think of our life force energy, I think of this light, this energy, and it's it can become in all sorts of colors if we were to, you know, talk about it metaphorically. So, you know, red is a certain vibration, green is a certain vibration, blue. And the idea with desire is that it can come in all these different colors and flavors. And sometimes when it's really a complete desire, it's almost like um, a very whole experience. When we come into a moment of clarity where we are so clear about the desire exactly as it is, and we feel so connected to it, that it's almost like the desire is us. There's no separation. And in those moments, what will happen is it will feel like what I call a zero point field. When we come into the desire as cleanly as possible and with all the different angles of it present, it's almost like, it's almost like if you were to bring all the colors together and you get this white light. It's like, it's just, it just is. And it's, that's the life force. So when we're pressing something down, when we're pressing down some aspect of what we want or some part of what we want, it may not even be all of what we want, but if we're pressing down some aspect of what we want or some part of what we want, thinking it's bad or wrong to want that, it makes us too high maintenance. Um, You know, other people don't have it. I don't deserve it. I have it good enough. Why am I asking for more? It's not possible. Maybe we're believing it's not possible to have something. Somebody's told us that we're selfish for wanting something. Maybe we believe it's not safe. It's not safe to want something. Um, Maybe we believe it's not safe for others, that we're harming or hurting others by wanting something. Perhaps we believe that we won't know who we are if we get that thing. There's many, many reasons in the psyche for why we might press down a desire. But what can happen is when we press down any desire or any angle or part or aspect of a desire, we get the experience of depression. And it's simply a feedback loop letting us know we are pressing down something that matters to us. We're pressing down some aspect, part, or angle of our own life force. So something that is such a complete expression of who we are. And by pressing that down, we get this flat feeling. It's literally a lack of life force. It's a a lack of sensation, a lack of being able to feel, a lack of being connected. The other way that this can sometimes show up is that we'll get what we want, but we can't feel it. So sometimes, again, this is so not connected to the external circumstances. It's really quite amazing. And even as I say that, I could feel my body tighten a little bit like, oh, you know, there's a part of me that still believes on some level that my experience of depression 
or anxiety or fear or sadness or madness is somehow connected to is somehow about the external reality now the external reality can mirror things and can trigger us but the perception is the perception and the conditioning and the story is where the emotional experience is or the lack of emotional experience when we're again pressing down desire so what does this mean in a relationship and how do you use the experience of depression as an opening as an opportunity to reconnect to what you really really value and to be able to share that with your partner in relationship in a way that opens up the opportunity for that desire to be created or manifested so the first step which we've talked a little bit about is you always start with just noticing it you notice the experience now you can presence it and notice it to yourself you can also presence it and notice it to a partner so you can say something like I'm noticing I'm feeling a little bit flat or I'm noticing that since we had that conversation earlier today I've been feeling kind of blue and numb Sometimes our partners can actually help us if, you know, they're interested in this work or even if, even if they're just, you know, trained enough to see this experience in particular, they might be able to notice when you feel a little bit depressed. Maybe they can't, maybe they don't notice anger very well, but maybe they notice depression. So, you know, your partner might be able to help identify it. Bryce, he's really good at noticing my energetic experience and both of us that's something that we both are very attuned to and we do a lot of work with each other and so when something's kind of off we can feel it now again you know whether he notices it or I notice it the benefit is once someone notices it then you both get a chance to sit with it to not need to judge it to not make it bad or wrong but also to not project it not project it out and say, well, you're the problem. You did this. This is why I'm feeling this way. Bryce and I work on this ourselves. It's, we're not perfect at this. No blaming. We still blame ourselves. We still blame each other, but we get better and better at catching it. We get better and better at noticing it sooner. We get better and better at using tools to help mitigate it and to create space to do something differently. So once we notice it, once we can both create space for it, and own the experience with compassion. Trust again that it's an opening. It's not there to harm you. Depression's not there to cause a problem. It's not there to harm you. It's there to help you. It's there to reflect. It's a feedback loop that you have a story going on and that story is causing you to press down your life force. So once you've been able to sit with it, acknowledge it, and especially if you've been able to presence it to your partner and if you're both able to give it some space, then you can go into the process of exploration. Now, actually, you can go into the process of exploration whether or not your partner is willing to give you space. When you do this work, you can always do it with yourself. You can always work out your own stuff with yourself. The relational stuff, you're going to need the other party. We can't create a relationship by ourselves. We can create our part of the relationship by ourselves, but to actually do, actually create the kind of relationship we want takes two. So you're one part of a relationship, your partner 
or in other types of relationships, your friend, a friend, a child, a parent, you know, in any relationship, you're a part and whomever is the one you're relating to is the other part. So it does take two. And when you can actually do this together, sometimes things will move faster relationally, which can have a huge impact on the individual. But sometimes it's important to come back into our own relationship with self and work that out because it is sometimes, you know, sometimes we're trying to work out the relationship, but we're in such inner turmoil within ourselves that it's really tough to do that. So it's a balancing, it's kind of a, a movement relationally between self-work and relationship work. Then comes the next step, which can be a little bit tricky, which is to begin exploring. So once you've identified I'm pressing something down, then you can sit with it and see if you can start to identify a couple of things. One, what am I pressing down? What am I believing I can't have, feel, experience? What am I pressing down? And then the other question is why? Why am I pressing it down? What am I believing? What's the story? What's the conditioning here? In my opinion, you always start with just noticing that. Once you're able to identify both what you're pressing down and why you're pressing it down, then you have the opportunity to do something different. Then you have the opportunity to take a new action and create change. And sometimes that can feel very foreign and very unique, especially if, again, we've had this pattern for a long time that we've believed we couldn't have what we wanted for certain reasons and maybe we've press that down for a period of time, maybe years, maybe since we were little, we've pressed certain desires down or certain aspects. So again, often what I find is certain aspects of our desires or certain parts of our our desires will stay open to, and then others will press down just usually based on childhood experiences, conditioning, but even as we grow and age, how we experience new relationships also has a really big impact on that. And how we experience life in a variety of ways has a big impact on that. So my challenge for everyone today is to pay attention when you start to feel depressed. To notice it, to give it space, even to acknowledge it to a safe or trusted other. And then you can start to explore it. See what's been pushed down. See why you've been pushing it down. And see if you can start to do something differently. All right, I'm out of here. I don't have a ton of time to talk about more examples, but sending you lots of care. Next time we talk, I'll be coming to you from Salt Lake City. Talk to you soon.